Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Cinematic Universe, a podcast all about comic book movies and TV. I'm your host, Joe Cunningham, and joining me are... James Hunt. And Reese Williamson. We're throwing it back today, guys. We are talking about a movie. We're going to be discussing, um, let's check notes, David Yaravesky's 2019 movie, Brightburn. Uh, but before any of that, I'd like you guys to tell me what's going on in the world of comics right now. What am I missing out on? What, <laughs> what should I be getting excited about? Is there anything anything happening in the superhero world that's... Uh, that's got people excited. Is it, what's happened with all that X Men stuff? That's still going on. Yeah, it's still going on. Um, it's kind of winding down a bit because Jonathan Hickman left when inst- basically there was a plan to sort of blow up that status quo, and everyone went, oh, "We're still kind of having fun with it." So he went, "Okay, cool. You guys keep doing your thing. I'm gonna go like write Spider Man or something." So he's he's gone now. Um, you writing Spider Man? He's not writing... There's a rumour, I think, that he might be writing Spider-Man at some point. Because you but, just um, said, what you said was, I'll go and write Spider-Man, so forgive me. Yeah, yeah. Forgive. <laughs> I think what he's doing is his um his Substack, like, uh, open source world or whatever it is. That's all Three moons, three worlds, something like that. Everyone loves Substack and it's making money for everybody and it's a real long-term thing in my collection. <laughs> it is but not I, just burning off venture capital. No. But I swear this this Hickman stuff was happening last time we talked comics that he was that he was off. So was it just been treading water for the past year or is anything It's not treading water, but the you know, the Krakoa status quo of the X Men living on a sentient island and they can come back to life is still quite is the, the ongoing premise of the thing now. Um but it's still pretty good. It's not bad. Um and Marvel generally is doing a lot of good stuff, so I'm what do you pleased. Think, what do you think the X-Men pitch could possibly be following this? You know, what, as an X-Men, I mean, are you still reading, are you still reading any X-Men comics now? Lots of them, yeah. Okay, good. So, Mike, so, okay, if, if you, if this is coming to an end, the status quo, what is, and you've really, and you've enjoyed this, what as an X-Men fan, what, what would you like to see follow this? I'm I'm the wrong person to ask because my my thing is always just do the classic X Men. I want to see them like they were in the nineties, where there are about fourteen X Men mm. and they live in the mansion and they are superheroes. Like I don't, I, I like the Krakoa stuff. I didn't like the endangered species stuff they did before that. 
didn't like the no more mutant stuff they did before that. So, you know, I just, I want to see the classic setup. I think whatever happens next will be purely dictated by what happens to the X-Men in the movies. And, you know, that might do the Krakoa stuff. I don't know. Hmm. Okay, so what about outside of X-Men? Is there anything anything bigger happening at Marvel? Is it all leading in any direction or is there, um, are, are there any are there any stories that are taking off right now? They are building events around Kang. Um not, Okay, makes sense. Not surprisingly. Um but they they're right at the start of that, so it's going to be a while I think before okay. it pays off in any Jason Jason Aaron, you know, because Joe you that you'll know this like for I don't know for how long, but you know the Avengers comic and line is kind of has been the spine of the MC of the of the universe for ages, and usually the main writer of that is kind of your your sort of your author for the big story. And, and Jason Aaron, who's been writing Avengers for a long time now, he's he's finishing up his run right, and and there's an, mm-hmm. there's kind of the new hot writer coming in, Jed Jed McKay, Jed McKay. Yeah, he he's been writing uh, Black Widow, mm. Black Cat, sorry. Which is has been really good fun. Mm. So he's I'm, I'm going to read his Avengers book definitely. I, do, I don't know about you, but sometimes when they, you know, because sometimes they rename the comic and you know, fine. Sometimes they, you know, they often don't. But the logo, they just sort of rejig it a bit. And I, I when mm-hmm. I saw the cover for the new Avengers comic, you know, because they always relaunch for the number one, and I just looked at and I just sort of looked at it and went, oh, no, something, something's something's weird about that. And <laughs> the, the 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 of a, the Avengers being like set, um, centrally located above the word avengers i just really kind of freaked me out for a second i don't know if you had similar font uh, freak outs well no that that logo is i think the late 80s logo ah uh, yeah okay yeah That's yeah right. it's a, it's a reuse of that logo which i don't know why they've gone back to that one but maybe there'll be a story reason uh, um I think there'll be a st- james no there won't there won't be a story reason it's just a, a, <laughs> there'll be a st- no, well i mean what i mean is Perhaps it signifies a return to a more classic uh, style of Avengers comic. Sure, yeah. Um, but it's a good lineup. It's uh, quite MCU influenced. Um, do we care who's on it? Do we want to know? I don't. Uh, if it's, I mean, it's that, that's that's fine. What what about like who are the? Are there any breakout books that are like B C tier characters that that can be recommended? Um. Ooh, I mean, Black Cat maybe actually. Yeah, Black Cat's comic mm. has been really good for the last like two and a bit years. Mm. Um, in a way that I think will probably make Sony go like, "Oh, we should fucking we should mm. do a Black Cat movie finally." Cause... It's wild that they've been going to a lot of these other characters before her, to be honest. Yeah, because that that take on the character is been very good what is the Um, take the take is that just it's just the kind of classic catwoman setup really is that she's a thief who is sometimes nice okay but there is the relationships around her that they've done good stuff with and especially introducing iron cat who is great (laughs) giving her her own iron man armor which has little cat ears (laughs) is very cool that sounds awesome. Googling <laughs> Iron Cat. Uh, but yeah, so that's been really good. Um, the new Fantastic Four book by Ryan North is excellent. Um, I would recommend anyone goes to get that because that is 
the best that book has been in years. Um, certainly post Hickman. Um, I've just started reading the new Iron Man book as well, Invincible Iron Man. That that seems fun too. Like there's only two issues, so I can't say for sure. But who's writing that? Who's writing it? Uh, Jerry Duggan, who was off X Men. Hmm. Um, and uh, Daredevil by Chip Starsky is great. So. You know, Marvel Marvel's ongoings are better than they've been in a long time. Mm. Um, if they can kind of wrap that into a satisfying meta arc, like they did with Secret Wars, I'd be very happy. I'd love to know if I, I'd love to know if if Feige if and how Feige is involved with the you know not the day to day right, but the month to month Marvel comics direction. You know, because he a couple of years ago now they a few years ago they promoted him to some sort of a you know Marvel. You know, he, he creative is, yeah, director or whatever, yeah. And that well, it was. I, I think it was as much of a promotion. It was not making him have to uh, report to White Pearl Matter anymore. Yeah, yeah. So that's you're probably right. But I just, I just wonder. You just wonder because again, I've always said. Uh, oh, I stole this mouse to astonish, but you know that the comics is such a great R&D machine for movies. And I think if, again, Feige, a busy guy, right? But, you know, one wonders if if he pops into some of those creative retreats every month or every quarter, he's, you know, it's just, it, it's, it, it's, it just, I think, I just wonder whether it, it, that's useful for his more important, you know, day job of running the movie studio and whether he can just, he can use a bit of that. Because again, I think that's a big difference between, and I've always said this, the different, you know, the Marvel and DC cinematic stuff in the last 15 years is is i don't think it's a coincidence that marvel have mined really and i really mean like mind like you know uh, mind the comic stuff and the recent comic stuff way just way more than dc have um mm-hmm. and 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 that's not that's not out of some like moralistic like oh well, we you know we, we're gonna we're gonna we want to reward our recent comics creators or it's good stuff it's like no we, we it, this is tested and you can you know we can cut these pages out and stick them on a whiteboard and actually we have a storyboard for like an action sequence uh and you can see the movie in front of you if you use this raw material and i think i think dc and hopefully james gunn and, and saffron can are going to do a bit of that anyway my guess is kevin feige um dials into a zoom once a quarter and goes, mm. hey guys, it'd be really good if you could, get, you could do something around this character. Uh, we're going to do this, so it would be helpful if you could start betting in these things. That's about it. I mean, it's it's interesting that the the Falcon has become Captain America again in the comics and they're doing stuff with Kang. Um, so there's definitely some kind of synergy there. In a way, it's a bit like, oh, actually, the movies are leading the comics at the moment. Hmm. Um, Which is how, well, that's how that's how it's always. I mean, that's mostly how it's always been. The... Well, that's that's how it should have been. It's not how it's always been. Like when when the X Men movie came out back in the day, the comics were impenetrable nonsense, even <laughs> even to people who'd been reading them for a long time. And did they wear so... black for a bit? Uh, no, what they did was they changed the logo to something resembling the movie logo for two months. Great, yeah. Well, they did get to the they did get to the black. I mean, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Like a couple of, a couple of years later. Yeah. But that was a real missed opportunity. For me, it feels like the the movie people are make their own decisions, and if they want to pluck comic shit, then they do that themselves. And that the comics people, they're always 
you know, following on from the movie people. And actually, they they when when Feige announces stuff, comics the comics people are like, oh, we sh- oh we should do Kang in eighteen months because they, he just announced it on stage. I think that I think that's the order in which it happens. Yeah, it's not Feige yeah. going, hey, you should do a com- you should do a Kang comic. Yeah. It's them do- going. Kang is going to be yeah. on people's radar. Yeah, we want to sell. A, we want to. We want to sell five percent more Avengers comics. Let's make Kang the bad guy because they're yeah. doing. Other guys are doing. Well, like like the way that they they're currently putting out a mini series called Secret Invasion, which is about scrolls hiding on Earth. It's not. It's not the original Secret Invasion. It's not connected to that. It's just similar premise because they know the TV show is due. So. If I would describe the relationship between like the comics publishing ideas and the movies. I'd describe it as like thirsty, you know, <laughs> oh, we should, we should, we'll do a, and it won't just, it won't just be like a scroll comic. It'll have, it'll be called the name of the show that they're doing. It will, that will sure. be its name. And it's probably got Nick Fury in it and it'll be scrolls because we <laughs> sell more comics because nobody reads comics. Sorry, James. Okay, what what about over at DC then? Is anything interesting happening there? I know, I know, James, you don't read as much DC, but uh, so Super, Superman line. has been reset to his standard status quo. I think. Okay, they made it, it for was, a while. His identity was public, and they've undone that. Hmm. Um, um, is, he, is he hearing weird voices in the middle of the night? And is he maybe <laughs> red save it, save hard? it? <laughs> um, I'm trying to think what else is going on. Well, do you want to talk? I thought I haven't I haven't read any of these comics in years, but uh, I did read like Bleeding Cool. Did you read any of that Bleeding Bleeding Cool stuff last weekend or last week? Go on. So they, I feel like Rich Johnson has has been for years. I, I think Dan Dan DiDio has emailed him basically and said, "Here's what here's what I was going to do. Here's what we were going to do." And so <laughs> last weekend, it was it was one of those things where it's like fifteen articles, but each article actually has half a paragraph of something in it, and it's just stretched out. But anyway, you know, each their own, and you know, more power to Rich Johnson. But um, <laughs> sort of la- it basically was laying out what what the story was going to be of the of five oh, five G, yeah, of course. Um, and it's I have to say it sounded cool. It sounded cool, and it was it was the story of how um, of how um, Batman and Superman were going to be sort of aged up and replaced. Uh, and the kind of the, the the you know the main bat the main Batman and Superman's in the comics were going to be these we're going it's going to be John Ken and um, and Jace Fox I think yes yeah uh, and then there was they were going to do a kind of a Kingdom Come storyline with older Superman and Batman they were gonna they were gonna turn against their their, their you know their younger versions and Kry- Kryptonite was involved and the Justice League died and all this stuff that you can kind of see in current DC you know they can see the tendrils you can see some of the similar ideas that are, that have been used but. But without the without the big picture, big storyline that again I think sounded quite exciting, um, uh, you know, because it's that balance with comics always of of new but with with new but we'll probably reset all this and new characters, but they're the old characters. How do you how do you balance that? How do you balance these publishing stories, you know, continuous stories that have been around for uh, when you know when's Action Comics one? What is it? It's like thirty eight, was it? Yeah, so so you know, not a hundred years, but ninety years. You know, that's just that's just an insane amount of time for for a single contained, you know, character story. How do you keep? How do you how do you make? I mean, the way the way they do it is they just keep having cutoff points, don't they? But yeah, yeah, that's how DC do it. Marvel are <laughs> Marvel low key kind of not not low key. Marvel low key sort of just ha- haven't have resisted that. I think I think admirably, um, and they just <laughs> they modernize and they you know they. They have the ultimate universe and stuff like that. Cool. Okay, that was a that was a nice little comics check in. 
I'm not reading anything, guys. Does that surprise you? I don't mean any comics. I mean anything. <laughs> Just anything. <yeah. laughs> I'm I'm unsurprised by that. What what level are we all on on Marvel Snap? What level? Yeah. Uh, collection level. Right, let me check. Let me just check in so that I can brag slash upset everyone with how much I must be playing. Are you still are you still going, Reese? Have you have you checked back in? No. <laughs> my my collection level is two thousand two hundred and seventeen. Holy shit! I think I'm like two thousand one hundred. I've not got. <laughs> I'm not going to open. Although James, go on. I do have my cool vision. You do, yeah. I I've saw got, that. I saw earlier. I've got a variant vision, you guys, and he's uh, he's the black, he's the white vision variant, and Ooh. then I've got the ink flare with like sparkles. Oh, cool! It is. Very and when cool. I say cool, obviously it's the opposite of of, of that. <laughs> but I'm happy. <laughs> I'm excited that there's a dazzler card out at the moment, just been added. Wow, that's huge. That's big. That's big yeah. for you. Yeah. <laughs> get a it's a good game. It's a good game. Yeah, no, I, I I, just, yeah, no, when I played it for that week, what a week it was, uh, and it, it was a really fun game. Um, although I still was never quite sure if I was playing a robot or if I was playing a real person. But again, hey, listen, welcome to 2023. That's probably an issue everywhere. <laughs> yeah. You go to you go to the you know you go get your colon shirt. You don't know what's going up there. You know what I'm saying, guys? You know what I'm saying you don't know what you're talking about anymore. Um, I, I sort of started that drift. I didn't really know where it was going, and it was <laughs> bad. You, go, you couldn't tell. You couldn't tell. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of like what's the most sort of silly example of a job you'd go to, and it might be a robot. Uh, but I think colonoscopy actually isn't that silly because it's you know it's all robot arm. Anyway, I'm gonna I'm just gonna stop. I'm gonna just I'm gonna just stop. Stop. Shall we talk about the film? Oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> so, we thought we'd go old school this week. We were like, well, it's not, there's not any movies or TV shows in, in Jan. What, what should we talk about? Throw some more ideas around. Like, oh, should, we, should we see if there's a movie we could talk about? And James, I think you mentioned Brightburn recently in relation to, uh, to a, a James Gunn um, bit of news, of which obviously there's been lots recently. Um, mm. And so uh, we, we landed on Brightburn, um, which is, of course, produced by James Gunn. You can always tell that James Gunn has produced something when his partner <laughs> is in the cast. Uh, <laughs> what, Michael Rooker, you mean? <laughs> um, it's written by Brian Gunn and Mark Gunn, who... I've not turned their Wikipedia names purple yet, so I'm I'm just going to assume our <laughs> minor relative, minor relative... members of the Gun family. Yeah, they're they're not they're, they're not, not Sean Gun Craglin, and they're not head of DC, <laughs> but they ha- they do have Gun as a surname. So written by Brian and Mark Gun, and yeah, uh, directed by uh, David Yaravesky, um, who I don't think I know anything about. Uh, just looking at here. Least of all, how to pronounce his surname. <laughs> no, he directed a movie called uh, The Hive and Ooh. something called Night Books. Oh, that's oh, that was that Kristen Ritter goth Netflix thing. I was trying to make. It, I was trying to think quickly of what those titles could be if they were if they were in a some sort of a Brightburn cinematic universe, right? What would The Hive? 
I, I guess that would be the wasp, right? What if the wasp was evil? <laughs> the poster <laughs> for the hive says, Nerdist presents the hive. Oh no. <laughs> Nerdist presents, eh? He also presented, uh, presented, he also directed the Guardians of the Galaxy Inferno music video. Um, was that the thing at the end of two with. It um, was the Hasselhoff wow. thing, yeah. Uh, huh. Yeah, hated it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, here we are with Brightburn, which is, uh, you know, kind of for, for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's released in 2019, stars um, Elizabeth Banks, who you will know for being Elizabeth Banks, uh, David Denman, who I think is probably best known for being uh, the, the, Jim Love rival on The Office, right? Yeah, got is that his thing? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's that's that was the thing that was jumping to my. Oh, apparently he was in Mayor of East Town, which I haven't seen. Um, oh, I think he says, "Hey, spoiler alert!" I think he, I think he does. I think he's the killer in that. Oh, wait, that's a big spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> they came out last year. Come on, I think he's the killer. Yeah, I think he might be the killer. Um, good show. Good show. Maybe know who did it at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Statue of Limitations is is concluded. Okay, no, uh, I'm, I'm just I'm, uh, I'm 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 amused by great show that oh, I, okay. I think I remember who it was who did it. <laughs> it's very ephemeral. Okay, <laughs> I knew I know that I watched it and I loved it. I couldn't tell you her name was Mayor. Yeah, and she lived in East Town, and she was a she was a Philly PD. She ate a cheesesteak. Uh, good show. Continue. Anyway, let's get back to the context of the movie. The guy, from, the guy from The Office, uh, Badger from Breaking Bad, um, the girl from Search Party. No, not that one. The other one. Um, and it is a Superman riff. It is uh, What If Superman But Evil, which I think has been done before in comics a lot. But this movie definitely takes it down the, like the the sl- the slasher movie kind of um, the avenue pretty quickly. Uh, so, Brightburn guys, what what were your thoughts? First of all, did you like it? Uh, and then we can we can get into, um, hopefully, some kind of like Superman adjacent chat. I thought, uh, okay, so. I saw this in the cinema and it was one of those movies where I just like went, well, you know, I've got a free evening. It's on at the cinema. I'll go and go and check it out. Why not? You probably said, do we want to do an episode on it? And the response was, "Uh, yeah, maybe. And then, (laughs) and then no one else saw it. Well, I mean, it didn't, didn't exactly get a massive release or anything, did it? But, um, so at the time I enjoyed it, I thought, yeah, that's basically if if someone says to you Superman, but it's a kind of slasher horror movie, you go, well, yeah, that's exactly the script you can produce. To the point where I would go, I would go so far as to say, if you imagine what that film is, like Superman's origin, but horror, you will imagine the exact movie that they made. Um, but I thought it was fine. You know, it's it's short. It doesn't overstay its welcome. Sure. Um, there are some pacing issues. Reese, you laugh. It's one of the reasons we chose it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
yeah, there are some pacing issues, maybe, but only because everything that happens is fairly predictable. And if you feel like it's not going quickly enough, it's because you already know exactly what's going to happen from about the first three minutes of the movie. I liked it less um, because I think it it should be better. It's the premise is the premise is is fun once you. Because I think I got this in my head confused with um, a couple of other movies. So go on. <laughs> I think well, one of them definitely was. I thought it was found footage. I will say, you know, so, but I, I, so you confused it with Chronicle. Yeah, and which then, is a, I, I think a very fair comparison to make. And then maybe Insidious, the, the little the little boy who's evil. Like I think the posters just threw me off a bit. So I knew it was a Superman riff, but once it starts and it like it's it's a real you know it's in Kansas right and, and there's a meteor and. You know, and then once I once I figured out uh, that you know it's it's it is Superman as a kid, uh, and then something goes wrong in the sort of Jor El, the you know his spaceship thing, you know, in the comics, like that that's the that's the kind of jump off point, and then he, and then it's a, then it's a slasher movie, and then and then it just I think the kills are not interesting enough, and the yeah I, I'd say once it once it's once it is once it becomes that. It's not a good version of that, uh, and I, so I think it's 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 fairly poor, um, and and uh, you know I, from Wikipedia it sounds like Elizabeth Banks who plays Superman's mum, her performance was you know n- noted as good in the mixed reviews, uh, but I just in a way that anything Elizabeth Banks yeah, does is good I because she has she has that charisma that means everything every time she's on screen you're like oh that's good. I I I I think that's the premise, but I just I didn't feel that watching this, I, especially in the last, <laughs> okay. where, you know, it gets final girly and she's the final girl. Um, I thought she was, I thought she was really bad. I thought she was kind of awful, actually. It was all really kind of yeah, I kind of did. Wow. Okay. And so you know, in, in a slasher movie, you that the final girl stuff you need you need to get right, and I think the kills you you need to be creative enough with and for me i i enjoyed the first half an hour when i was kind of trying to figure out what the movie was and then this the last hour when it's it's those bits and i think they're executed on kind of poorly uh i lost interest if i'm honest um yeah and i never quite i never quite understood well i think it's a missed beat because the movie does not try and explain why this kid goes wrong you know it it doesn't it's there's some very vague illusions maybe you know but but you know a movie a movie that's more of a satire on what if Who, superman uh, landed what if superman hey, landed hey, hey, Reese. yeah you i dropped, lost you, you for a good like 5 seconds yeah okay can you hear me now yeah start start from the movie does not try to explain the movie does not try to explain enough for me why why this Superman went bad, and you know, I think there is for me the movie I wanted to see, and the movie that's interesting here, which you can still do with the slasher stuff, is is okay. What if? And I, I'm sure that this is the premise of the script is like, it's, okay, let's do a satire on Superman lands in like modern Kansas today, and Kansas today isn't like Kansas was in the 1930s when they conceived the Superman, and and that turns that turns Superman bad, and I think there's a, there's an idea there. But <laughs> that's that's actually a really a really good premise. It's like the if the heartland of America has gone rotten, what would that do? Yeah, to Superman? that's not this movie, yeah. but that's I a good idea. 
think that scene here a bit. There's, there's that, there's the gun bit, which we can talk about. There's that scene, which I do think is that's what that scene is doing. It's trying to draw a line between the the boy and gun gun, gun culture in Red State America. Um, I think there's some stuff. There's that scene between him and his dad when they're talking about sexuality, which I thought. I don't know. I, th- I think that's in there too, uh, but it's barely. It's be- it's not in, in there enough. And there's that's the movie I was. I thought we were going to get from the first half hour, but that's not the movie. And and again, what the the movie that it is, I think, is kind of poorly executed. And so for me, it's two, it's two stars. I think yes. So I I um yeah I I so I think I probably sit a little a little bit between the two of you in that I. I I was frustrated that it wasn't the movie that I wanted it to be from a uh, pure superhero lens. Like, I would have loved this to have been, you know, especially when they're, like, doing the aesthetic stuff early on. And, like, it, it does feel like a bit of a Man of, Man of Steel riff specifically with... Mm-hmm. The, the the score that they've got and the 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 kind of the the shots over the wheat fields and or the shot of the swing right that's like such a man of steel shot yeah um and and so I, I I do think it you know it has potential to be a much more interesting film than it ends up being in that regard and yeah I, t- I totally agree I think uh at like a modern riff on what would landing in the American heartland today due to due to a, a kid who's you know hopefully going to be a hero um and I, yeah I think but, sorry to interrupt but I was going to say I think there's also something in that as a you know what if what if a son of a billionaire today was orphaned in in modern America you know and you do a Batman riff and it goes in the same kind of direction there's something there's something in the idea here of like you take these origins you modernize them and they all go wrong because because of our society, I think that's that's the something you could, there. You could call it the dark universe. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. Sorry to interrupt. <laughs> um. Yeah. But I, I. I. think basically, I. I agree with you on that count. I. I think it works slightly better than you do as a as a kind of like a just a straight like. I thought there were some gnarly moments. I thought Badger's face flapping open and the glass going into the eye and there, there was there, and, and, and you know burning through his dad's skull and I think what the film does a really good job with is making the kid in the costume really creepy and actually like that between the mask and the red eyes and the logo like a, a, a decent amount of iconography very quickly um and uh, the, the other thing that I think the film does well which uh, you know massive spoiler alert but this is just a spoilerful discussion. Uh, the ending of the movie is, I think, the right choice. He sh- he he should not be defeated by his mum. Like I yeah. think the whole point is like if there was an evil Superman, he would prevail in the way that a good Superman does. Right? Mm-hmm. That that's that should be the way it unfolds. Just just speaking about the iconography of that, I thought it was really good fun that his um the way that he is like announced to the world in a way is, is by a plane crashing on his house, which is like, it's like the inverse of Superman who is traditionally saving planes from crashing. Yeah. Yeah. That is nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought the kid was fine. Um, 
but yeah, so I, I think it works. I think it works better as like a a functional slasher movie with a a, a, a creepy kid who is actually creepy. Um, I, I think the script is is not great, um, and that was the thing that I I just kept tripping over, like some of the dialogue, some of the way the ways that the characters acted certainly the parents they had to like and i think it you know a lot of it comes down to the pace the movie was going and i'm sure that you know as you say there was probably different stuff in in original drafts of the script because yeah i agree the gun scene is an interesting thread that isn't really picked up um and yeah and and the sexual stuff that's in there but the yeah it 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 doesn't from a scene to scene basis, the way that the parents are behaving sometimes seems absolutely insane and kind of like inconsistent with how you've seen them act a scene before. Um, and some of the dialogue's really rough. And yeah, I agree. The pacing, like you feel like you're absolutely racing through certain sequences. And then the sequence where Badger gets killed, or it would do, you know, would just always be Badger. It really long and drawn out. And then and even like in the last moment, you're like, oh, so he's dead. Oh, no, he's not dead. Oh, so what's so what's going to be the button on this scene? Oh, the, there isn't really one. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah. Yeah, but they could have, but they could, that could have, you know, you could have, you could have shown that without extending the scene number 20 seconds. Um, so yeah, I, I like, I kind of think it's, I think it does a good job of almost like doing what it says in the tin, but as superhero nerds, I think we're probably sat here going, ah, wouldn't it be great if it it explored this, 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 and this. And I was kind of like in the first act going like, oh, I I kind of want more of these parallels to be like direct parallels to Superman. I think it's, I think it's hurt a bit by the boys as well. Like, I don't know if the, I'm trying to think if the boys aired before or after this, but probably this first season, pretty close, maybe, maybe comes after. And all of that, all of that kind of cinematic, like gory displays of these powers, we you know you get you just get more of on the boys, and obviously it's more comedic. But um, yeah, I, I you know I, perhaps that perhaps that stuff was just a bit more shocking in twenty nineteen, uh, you know, and it doesn't feel as shocking. I don't, but I don't think it's I don't think it's going for shocking. I don't think it's going for like oh, it's shocking that this kid with superpowers is killing people because. <laughs> you know, the other film that I was comparing it to was Chronicle, which yeah, yeah. you know you, you you mentioned, and I you know I think is unavoidable, and I think is a better film than this, certainly through our uh, superhero lens, and because because it's doing specific stuff with the found footage genre and specific stuff with the superhero genre, whereas I think this is ultimately more interested in being a horror movie, um, but. Yeah, I, I, I like some Looper, some Looper vibes in there. I thought of Looper. Which, yeah, you know, the, so the, the back, the back half of Looper is, you know, it's the farm element and the superpowered boy, and you know, that sort of you put a little like brunette boy with like a fringe, and you have him doing, you know, giving an intense look, and you know, you've also got the Omen in there. I, I guess, um, <laughs> I guess the, this film plays its hand very early, though. That like <laughs> this, this. <laughs> needs to die <laughs> you know, like, 
<laughs> like I don't I didn't feel the conflicts of like Looper of like uh, should you kill baby Hitler like I did <laughs> I this, it was... this kid's quite sweet his mom seems to like him he's nice uh, whereas where you watch this, and the, the moment that you see him behind the curtain in that little girl's room, you're yeah. like, "No, murder him! Put him out of his misery!" <laughs> I thought it was. I thought it was fun that like he's um. There's that sequence in class where they're talking about wasps and bees, and how wasps are like predators, mm. and. Just from that that little sequence, you're like, okay, he's a wasp. Everyone else is a bee. Like, this is bad news. And probably you need to call the FBI and be like, hey, an alien crashed in our yeah. garden. <laughs> and we raised it. Can you maybe fix that? Now he's an incel. What the... Yeah, now, he, now he's turned into an incel. Yeah. Well, it's gonna, you know, I think back to the like modern satire stuff or, or commentary stuff. Like, again, that, that's in there... A, well, I'm not even sure that wasn't there maybe in 2019, but I think that that would be that could be in there today. You know, there's those there's that stuff when he's saying I'm superior, right? Or yes, I'm different. Yeah. So, like, there's something in there of, although I guess it doesn't have the this sort of in, crushing insecurity of the quote unquote you know incel movement. Um, there's something there. There's something there, like you know, young young entitled men in America, right? And, and again, the movement. I mean, one of one of the threads about the film, right, is like how raising a boy can be weird because they you know they turn into a teenager and suddenly they're like sex mad and violent and like that that was kind of a little thread in the movie i thought it was really funny how his dad takes him into the forest to like have the man-to-man chat and he's like you know sometimes you'll get urges and it's okay to act on them i'm like no be more specific because his edges are not good at the moment and 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 also the specifics of that scene as well of Oh, uh, what's that? You've asked me one question too much. Uh, let's shoot something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Act on it now. Like, uh, what? No. What do you mean, act? What are you talking about? I know what I was talking. About. <laughs> yeah, right. What are you talking about? Uh, yeah, we move on. <laughs> we move on. By the way, I know that I found you in a inside of a spaceship. Like, yeah. Like he, you know, he knows. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. He he knows who the the kid is at that point, uh, and he should be more concerned. <laughs> So, um, uh, Reese, I thought you made uh, a, a good point on, really? um, yeah, on the kid, on the kid, <laughs> and that you know, I, I, the, the movie doesn't really try and explain why he's turning bad. No. Like you say, I think you can you can make a puberty metaphor. That the the like textual answer in the movie is the, the ship is speaking to him, and so in 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 this. In this scenario, presumably, he was sent to Earth as a weapon. So, like, it's it's preordained that he will be bad rather than rather than anything turning him bad. I kind of think that's a little bit less interesting than the other route, but yeah. that that is what it is. Um, but what I wanted to ask you guys about Superman and how kind of like historically in the storytelling with Superman, how much of it because because Superman is kind of a, a, a little bit unique amongst like A-list superheroes at least, that he is from another planet and he does arrive here and then choose to do good rather than, you know, being <laughs> a human who has to decide how to use their power and responsibility, etc. Uh, there's, there's, a, there's a quote about that somewhere. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, with with Superman, like how how much of it it is historically that he chooses to be good versus he's inherently good. Like, is there ever any kind of nature nurture stuff with Superman? No, I think I think the whole idea of it is like it's an American dream thing, right? In that you you take this powerful person, put them in a nurturing, caring environment, they grow up good. Like the whole point of of Superman is that he's not inherently good. It's just that he landed in the right place at the right time to be given the good old fashioned American values. Yeah, yeah. And so it's it's completely it's it's all, always like a key part of that of the character. I think. The only pushback, I guess, on that would be that his dad, you know, is always depicted as a as a good Krypton, also, right? So, I, I think it, I think you know, in some usually, way, yeah, usually. So, so the mythology kind of it has it 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 it, it, uh, it squares you know it squares the circle. It says, yeah, it was the upbringing, but also you know his dad was also so nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but you and you know, but you see, you know, you probably see as much darkness in the in Krypton. Uh, as you do in modern America in in Superman comics, probably on average. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say that's fair. Yeah, but then, uh, then yeah, but I, I'm I'm with James there. Like, there's probably an old some kind of alternate reality with Superman where that he's less American. I think. Well, Red Sun, for example. No, I mean like an alternate reality of of our actual time where that comic gets published in 1930s, and he's and just his American identity is is less is less part of him, but, but that's not uh, reality, you know, that he is, he's a very American, uh, it's a, he's a very American character. And, you know, also you have all the, you have the kind of American, you know, America as a, maybe not so much these days, but, you know, the immigrant story is, um, is a very American story or sorry, sorry, the American, the American story is often an immigrant story and Superman uh, is that. And obviously, you have is it is are both the creators Siegel and Schuster are they are they Jewish yeah right but also aren't they sort of second generation or first generation you know Europeans that have fled the Nazis like they are they are from immigrant backgrounds that have come to America and the and Superman like is that's them telling that kind of a story right mm-hmm. um, so yeah the American bit of of Superman is is key and the and and the Kansas stuff it, you know I think. Yeah, Superman would be different if he landed in New York, and that's what some of the Batman Superman dynamic is kind of about, right? Um, yeah, which is why, again, the more I talk about this, it's the it's the disappointment of this film in, in that you have you have there something that you can bounce off of, you know, you can make a point about, but the movie kind of doesn't. Um, but yeah, it's key. And so, uh, so when when there have been Superman stories that have taken that. You know, taking him and put put them into other contexts. Is Red Sun the? Is that the main example? Like, but I, well, I guess there are also right, as you say. There's the boys. I'm I'm sure Mark Miller's written three of these. Like, <laughs> uh, you see, yeah. even more strong in the Red Sun. It's like it's um it's Zod is is Superman without America. You know, because that's Superman who stayed in in Krypton or who who went to the Phantom Zone. That's yeah, but he was a, he was a wrong one to begin with, wasn't he? Well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah, yeah. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. But yeah, Red, Red Sun is the, is, the, is the one, yes. Which is still... What, hmm. what happens in Red Sun? He lands in uh, Russia during the Cold War. And so he becomes like the, the literal Soviet Superman. He becomes uh, David Harbour in Black Widow. Yeah, yeah. It's it's less upbeat than that. <laughs> um, and yeah, and what what about like the like non um, non Superman versions of the Superman story? I guess I, yeah, I'm, I am thinking about stuff like the boys. Um, I guess Invincible is a bit this as well, right? Um, yeah, to an extent, and then, and then yeah, I, I I know Mark Miller's written at least one of them, right? It was and and was what was the Jupiter thing that we watched? Is that a Jupiter's bit? Legacy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which which has had a real legacy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do, is that? You I know, mean, the... what what are the? I guess what I'm asking is, what are the interesting threads that are pulled on with the Superman story? Because I know a lot of the time. People, the the main complaint that people have about Superman is, oh, he's boring because he's just a guy that has like the best of every power, and he's kind of impossible to beat. And uh, you know, and 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 so as as a superhero, he's not all that interesting. And I know we've kind of like addressed the counters to that on this on this podcast over the years, and it's it's not something I agree with. But I, I do think that's something that Brightburn does well is kind of flip that and go. Yeah, so he's kind of like the ultimate slasher movie bad guy that you're just like, oh, I'm fucked. Like the mo the moment <laughs> that he sets his his sights on me, I'm fucked. And that's and that's there's kind of some fun of watching that in a in a superhero in a slasher movie context. There there is a little fun in seeing that. I mean, I think it's not an accident that his like sort of creepy mask that he wears is kind of a leather face from Texas Chainsaw. Like, yeah, it's it. Uh, it, I, I think it's deliberately echoing those things, um, and that in a way makes it fun. Risa, is there, is there any, anything you'd have there with like, yeah, what are the the interesting things to like pull on with the Superman story, and 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 you know, and why people why people are drawn to this? What if Superman was bad so often? <laughs> I, let me, I just I'll give an offshoot comment on that, which is that there's because because there's um you know his electricity powers in the in Brightburn, I mean. Or, or there's that there's a there's a suggestion that he um when he's around electricity kind of goes on the fritz that, yeah he has the the flickering light superpower yeah and that isn't really a superman power uh and i did i, I, I wonder I, if that's i wonder if that was for um legal reasons 
I wonder whether one of the fun bits that you could have gone to in this movie is you, you know, because he's not Superman, right? So, so you can have. <laughs> is he though? Is he not Superman? You brought the audience into that expectation with that as a power set, and and like, what if? Hear me out. What if like, what if in the for the for the final kill, he turned into like a giant spider or something, or you know, like something very un-Superman happened. <laughs> I mean, gen- genuinely, when I was rewatching it, I remember thinking like, does does he have any non-Superman powers? Mm. Like I, I was thinking, oh, that might be an interesting way to upend expectations. Yeah. But they really, they, they really do just go. We're going to do a beat for beat recreation of Superman, except yeah. like he is a psychopath. But they, do, yeah, but they just don't have enough fun with it. They just don't. They don't. Um, you know, the super speed piece. They they sort of barely use the, the you know the flying, uh, you know, gag at the end where he just basically flies her up and drops and like that's it's sort of yeah. To, and to your question, Joe, it's that's a real that's a nice horrible uh you know that's a real like oh god if you could fly or if all you could do is fly that you can you can cause so much violence in that way right you just pick somebody up you fly them very high (laughs) they die you know horrible let alone the laser eyes and the super strength and the super speed um that that sequence is really effective i think that the the final kill of elizabeth banks because one he has just shot her up through the roof of the barn so, she, yeah, so she's like, all messed up. She's yeah. all fucked up already. And then she's high up in the sky where it's cold as fuck and there's no oxygen. Yeah. And then he drops her. <laughs> I thought, I thought when that sequence. Like, thought- oh God, yeah. This, this, like, it, it, even with that one simple power, there is so, there's so yeah. much opportunity for brutality. I mean, I think if they were bold, they would have they would have shown her hit the ground. You know, there's you know they do <laughs> they do pull the punch. They don't show her body, uh, I, and I also wondered whether he was actually going so high up that we're going to almost get like an event horizon scene where like he's flown her into space and she you know like just floats off into space. Well, yeah. And also, but also you know because there's you know the great event horizon scene where it's like oh no that actually if your body was actually in space you your eyeballs would like you know your eyes would explode and your your lungs would implode and your bones would snap and it's like like pretty <laughs> fucking horrible uh, and i thought they might do something like that but you know again they don't but that's yeah that's what i mean they yeah they they just they do pull punches a little bit with you got the eye, you know you got the eye sequence which is what i love about the eye moment is it's so it's really shocking because it's kind of it's so arbitrary you know that the glass smashes and she would get yeah glass in her eye it's sort of it's not it's not how he means to kill her it's just a th- random thing that happens and the way the camera dwells on that it's it's really i think that's well, the best moment in the whole movie it's horrible it, right? it's a re- it's it's a really nicely directed scene yeah, yeah, the way yeah. it then cuts to her pov yeah. that is blurred and like soaked in blood yes yeah um yeah more of that yeah more of that in the scenes i think the badger sequence is yeah, it just isn't quite interesting enough. The scene where he's stalking the girl and, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, it just could have done with a bit more. It, it just feels like, for, it could, feels like a director, like, um, what's the guy's name? Oh God, who, who directed Splice and some horror stuff? Oh, Vincent. Vincent Natale, right? Yes, Vincenzo yeah, Natale. Yes, a, a guy like him, or I mean, obviously like a Cronenberg. Or, you know, you could sort of see this premise in in quote unquote real director's hands. And 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 those those kill sequences are, are just a whole nother level. Of, even if even if even on the page they're the same, you know, the, the idea of the sequence is the same, but you know, directed wise, they're they're just so much more interesting. Yeah, 
I mean, there's. I'm trying to think in in mainstream superhero movies. There's that. There's that brief flirtation with it in Fantastic Four. Uh, the 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 Josh Trank version, which again, you know, there's the the link back to Chronicle. Um, But that was a you know very clearly an aspect of that movie that um, that (laughs) barely barely survived the. the truncated edit that we eventually saw. And then I, I did think there was there was something watching this that I was like, and especially talking to you guys about it now, that, you know, this is probably some of the stuff that's, that Zack Snyder finds interesting, right? Mm. That, yeah. That, that he's kind of, he's flirted with, and obviously he's shown evil Superman, and he shows a world that's afraid of Superman. But, but you know, in it, it in a way that's really difficult because we all know that Superman, we we know what Superman as a piece of iconography is. And it's very difficult to see people's fear of him in, in that world. And also, you know, this isn't the kind of stuff that, that Snyder is able to depict in a, in a you know in a major DC movie that stars <laughs> Superman, but like you know, I, I guess maybe in Snyder's head he's going well, like yeah, this guy could at any moment he wanted pick someone up and drop them. At any moment he could he could explode someone's head. Uh, you know, he at any moment he could do any number of one of these things. Um, and I don't think I don't think Snyder ever really nailed the the fear of that. And I also question whether that's the most interesting to, thing to do in a Superman movie. Um, but as we say, I think there's a, there's a lot of potential for it, you know, in, uh, it, it, in these kinds of projects. And, and the, as I said, there's so many of them that obviously it's people, something yeah. that keeps drawing people. It's something that keeps drawing people back into town. You're, not, you're not going back far enough. Like Superman three, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a way, Superman four, like those are as, as as early as as early as any of this cinematic superheroes we have been drawn to Superman, but bad. It's because it's because it's it's uh, it's so it's so obviously potent, and it's and it's and it makes you think about you know the, as power trips as as superhero stories as power trips, and you kind of wonder, okay, yeah, I mean, I think I'd do right with a power set like this, but. You know what if that guy at work? I don't. Like, what if that guy at work who's a shit got these powers? Would you know? Would he be evil? Like you know, power corrupts and all that. It's it's uh, it's potent and yes. And I guess it's not even just a Superman thing, is it? Because mm. pretty much every superhero has the mirror image of them that they fight. <laughs> Venom normally in their first movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. The the thing I find interesting about the idea of like the thing is right, dark like what if Superman but evil is one of the the most like uninteresting ideas you can really go for because the thing that is interesting about Superman is that he has all this power and that he is good with it, like that's the in- interesting and aspirational thing that he doesn't inspire fear, he inspires hope, like all that stuff. And so doing doing the dark version of that, it's not it's not really anything interesting to gain from that versus exploring the actual premise. This is one of the things that I think DC is really bad at is is taking like what's the what's the core of the character and how do we use it in a way that speaks to 
modern audiences because modern audiences are primed to be suspicious and fearful. And like you see things like Star Trek, which can do the kind of hope wins, maybe things can get better narrative. Um, so any evil version of Superman, I think, is inherently uninteresting. Um, but it's it's such an easy thing to write because he does have all this power. I think what makes this, you know, because this movie would be so boring if it was adult Superman and evil, right? Uh, you know, that's that's that is a that's a, that's a version of this Superman but evil is that. Mm-hmm. But the 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 interesting little element you have here, and you could do it for other super, you could do it for other superheroes, is because you're not talking about you know you're not talking about the grown up version or the established version. You're talking about what if we go back to the origin moment and we just add something into that that, that twists it, and you know, and we and we we dwell in that space. Um, and again, I don't, I sort of don't think the movie, this movie really, really does that enough, but, but that's in a way, I mean, you know, there's in a way superheroes origin moments, I think, uh, I know they're not actually under, um, developed, but they're probably the Elseworldsy stuff is, is, you know, we, there aren't that many stories about Superman as a 12 year old, right? No, quite. Yeah. Yeah. Superboy, which is a character, he's that small kind of late teen Superman or, or, or Clark Kent. We don't really get, we don't actually get this moment of Superman's uh, story that often. Um, you certainly don't get it spun out into a full length story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's something in there, I think, and you could do the same for other characters. Um, for, was, for me, sorry, I was going to say, for me, one of one of the interesting things is that. I mean, it's hard to say how much James Gunn was involved in this because, you know, he's just producer. But I think even if he was just there in, a, in an advisory capacity, the the thing this movie can tell us is that James Gunn at least knows the ingredients of a Superman story and how to twist them. Yeah. So he doesn't have loving parents and he doesn't have a, you know, generous society around him. And he doesn't, you know get on with people think like these simple ideas that are like well what if what if we remove that element from superman what would happen and the answer is he would turn evil so in in knowing that you at least get the sense that well this guy even even as a guy just overseeing the movie understands the elements of the character and that in a way makes me hopeful for what he does when he actually makes his own superman movie and i i, I wonder whether actually the the most interesting question that you would have to ask and the most interesting route into a Superman origin story now would be what are the elements and what are the things that you would have to put around a modern day Superman to have him end up as this hero, this this kind of bastion of society that can offer hope to everyone? And, yeah. and 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 not be and not be a political pawn and not be someone who is kind of divisive across political <laughs> lines i don't think you could do it now <laughs> it would be impossible well yeah well well maybe but that's that's a, that's a huge challenge isn't it that's a yeah yeah you know if you if you want to set your movie in anything resembling a real america a real western society then yeah then then you've that's that's probably one of the the big challenges you'd have to face into and i would be you know super interested to see what kind of like tweaks creatively they would have to make to to get him there without just go without just hand waving and going it's superman don't worry about it <laughs> 
you know. I, I think you could maybe do a really good story about, you know, the way in which the culture wars and the divisive political climate has made Superman impossible. Because that in itself would would basically say, you know, if if Superman couldn't exist in this world, then maybe we need to have a serious look at how to, you know, fix things. Because yeah. cause even someone fully benevolent with no no ulterior motive couldn't function in the society that we are currently existing in. So I'm, like, maybe that's an interesting story in itself. I suspect that the DC Superman movie that James Gunn was writing is not is not that story. No, <laughs> is my get is my gut. Although I, I mean, would say, think about what you guys are talking about. That, you know, the first fifteen minutes of this, you do kind of go like, ah, "This is actually this could this could be this could be the start of a Superman movie." You know, that that, that Denim and Banks are like, "Yeah, this this could be." You know, actually, these guys could be a good uh, a good a good Jonathan and Martha Kent. Uh, it, you know, and, until he takes him out into the forest to try and kill him. No, sure, but I think my my point there is just that 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 you know James Gunn has made the the correct first ten minutes of a Superman movie once. Paul Brightburn, he just doesn't. He just shouldn't have them kill everybody. Up to that, for, for me, the the part of the movie that rings least true is. Like I get, I get that his mum is like protective, and she's like, "No, he is my child, even though he's from space. Even though he's from space, and he killed all those chickens, he is still my son." She persists with Fox that. Up those chickens. Yeah, right. He really does. He chokes them. Chokes them good. Um, it's not the only thing he's choking. The little freak, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> little weirdo. Um, but even, even. Even after he's done some very bad stuff, including killing several of their own family members, she persists with that. And I think the bit where his dad takes him out into the forest to try and shoot him, you sort of get like, yeah, he he would feel that responsibility and he would do that. The stupid thing there is in assuming that a bullet to the back of the head will actually work. And I think it's a really good beat when it doesn't. And he realizes he's fucked and the kid realizes he's been like fully betrayed by his own parent. I just wish that Elizabeth Banks's character had come around a little bit quicker. Well, you, you almost say like he needs to come around. He needs to be less sure, less quickly. And she needs to be less closed off to the idea a little bit. So, I mean, the moment when they pull out the pawn with the, <laughs> with the guts, yeah, I was yeah. like, Come on, guys. <laughs> yeah, where they're like, oh, some some weird jerk-off material. I'm like, no, that's fully viscera. That is, <laughs> yeah. that is not weird jerk-off material. Yeah. And she's like, is this, a, is this a boy thing or something? You're like, absolutely not. In pictures of like... You know, like, <laughs> like of like literally. surgery. Like, hey, when, when he heard the phrase, up in them guts, he yeah. just took it <laughs> differently. Yeah. Oh, no, James has been cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> um... I think we've done Brightburn, guys. Do you think we've done Brightburn? Yeah, it's it's fair to say it's not an especially deep movie. I think it's a fun watch for superhero fans. Like I, I've seen it twice now, and I can imagine maybe going back to it another time. Um, I didn't, I didn't dislike it. I thought it, I, I did, I agree with Reese that I don't think it fulfilled its potential. 
and you know, and I I do think it's got a pretty ropey script, but um, it's creepy. It's got it's got so it it's got some effective creepy kid killing <laughs> killing people mercilessly. It it work it works on that front. Yeah, so, I do. Yeah. And also, you'd you know, every time Feige's like, "Oh well, the super, super, um, Doctor Strange: The Multiverse of Madness is a horror film," and you watch it, and you go, uh, <laughs> no, it's it's, not. Yeah. "This, you know, there aren't that many films, you know, because this film is absolutely in the superhero genre, I would say, but there are not that many films within the genre that that are truly, and you know, another another end of the spectrum on another genre." And this is, you know, and, and again, this this came out, you know, now four years ago. There's sort of not sure there's anything really equivalent in the last four years to this. And we ought to, uh, you know, if this genre is to continue to survive, if, well, if that's what we want, but if that is what we want, uh, more of this, more, you know, this remind in, in talking, I was reminded of the, what's it called? The trench, the James Wan, like Aquaman spinoff thing that they talked about. Yeah. Only going to be a horror film. What you know, a missed more, opportunity that was. Right, you know, more shit like, more shit like that has, has got to be the way forward. Even if some of it is, a disappointment like this, like for me, this was, or, or just a bit poor, you know. Uh, yeah, it's, we've got to, There's got to be the Marvel, the, the Marvel, um, the Marvel movie, quote unquote, and what that, what everyone now knows that really is, for the genre to continue. You know, the genre has to find other other types of movies outside of that. And Brightburn is that. Is that it? Definitely is that. Um, I agree. I just, I just want to make two quick points. Um, one is that the stuff at the end with Michael Rooker (laughs) is quite good fun. Yeah. And did you guys notice, I I only see this, only say this because I read it in the Wikipedia, but one of those little pictures is, um, is, uh, the guy from super from, from James Gunn's other film. Yeah. Yeah. I did notice that. Yeah. Which I guess is like a Batman riff basically. Right. That was super. Um, I have watched Super. It's a long time. I just remember him. He says, "Shut up, crime." Um, <laughs> well, maybe not. Maybe it's more of a another Superman riff, right? I don't know. It's like the, the 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 idea is it's like I don't. Maybe it's like Punisher. It's like a a street level guy who's just it's it, it it's like Kickass. It's I was like, gonna a guy say, I like I just, it was more Kickass. Yeah. yeah. Um, I had a second point and I've forgotten it now. It oh, probably I'm sorry, it probably doesn't matter for me. Michael Rucker was fun, and I liked I liked the shitty sheriff who who like um gets wiped who, out as soon as he arrives <laughs> at the house. Who had the right idea? Oh, you you reminded me what I was going to say. What I was going to say is this: this would be a good movie to get like three or four friends together and watch in your own MS MST three K format. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there is a lot of fun stuff happening in this movie. The sheriff exploding is definitely one <laughs> yeah. of it, where he finally turns up to help and then is immediately like turned into mist. <laughs> yes, I, I watched it with my housemate, and I kept on from the from the badger scene, like when you when he flips the car and he's clearly got his jaw. I, I kept on saying like, "No, he's he's fine. He's going to shake that off. He's going to be absolutely." <laughs> Again, when you know when the dad gets yeah. his like head lasered away, I'm like, yeah, "It's all right. He's going to just you know a couple of paracetamols." You know, I got yeah. yeah. This, this is definitely a good bad movie. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that James is not gonna remember his extra point. No, so that was we... it. That was it. Oh, it's a good bad movie. Watch okay. it with several friends. Oh, okay. 
I'm a bit disappointed in your second one. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to do it first, but I forgot it. I like, the bit, I like the bit when he crunches her hand. That's kind of gnarly. Um, again, I like the, I like the, I like the two sheriffs and how fucking inept they both are because they're kind of inept before they get killed. They, they seem inept before that. I quite enjoyed that. I liked his weird logo. If I'm just rushing through, I, I was hoping that he was gonna, he was gonna be like, oh yeah, on my planet it stands for hope. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be great. And the name as well, like the the, the sort of certain, the naked, the nakedly Clark Kent riff on the on his name. Um, yeah, but then, but then the weird, the weird flash forward to watching this in 2023, and the weird, like at one point, someone literally says, "Brandon, let's go, Brandon," and you and you go like, "Oh, uh, but but also kind of fits." Uh, so yeah, uh, that was odd. I like. Have you guys seen MacGruber? I'm guessing you probably have. I've seen the movie, yeah. Yes. Um, I don't know if you guys, but when she's flicking through his notebook, I don't know if you guys got <laughs> you thought about the, the MacGruber scene when he's LLS seven two one zero three and the other number plate. Anyway, the notebook shit is great. Like it's yeah. so <laughs> he's drawn all of his crimes in detail. It's so weird. It's hilarious. How absurd it was. Um. Yeah, yeah, no, that was quite fun. Um, the bit when he goes out, like the the, or, the quote, kind of quote unquote origin story of the of his cape. He, there's that one bit where he's going out to fly to the girl, and he just takes like a little rug with him, and I guess that's the cape he then wears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was fun. You know, unexplained, random. Um, yeah, <laughs> just just quickly, actually, you reminded me of something else, which is that the whole. The whole way through this movie, I kept expecting them. Like, I kept thinking, has anyone in this movie seen Superman? Because <laughs> what, what it really needs is a character to turn up and be like, "Oh fuck, you've got an evil Superman on your hands!" <laughs> like, "Oh Jesus, have you seen any green rocks lying around? We fucking we need some of those rocks." <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I just I'm didn't. Ve- I'm very glad they didn't. I hate when that happens. <laughs> I hate when that. Hey, this is kind of like that thing. It's Ocean's Twelve. Um, uh, one, one quick point uh, based on what you, what, you, what you just said James I think the production design on the well I'll make a good point bad point the production design on the capsule I think is really well done it like looks yeah, yeah. Really, really menacing and scary even though it also looks like the Superman capsule I think that's just a really well done bit of production design um, on the counterpoint I think the I think the score is is you know maybe at the very beginning you've got those riffs on Superman stuff but by the end it's so so generic, so just nothing. And and actually, I talked to my housemate. You could have done something where you start with a Superman type theme, and then you really you you really kind of corrupt that, and then and that's your kind of that's your villain theme. And, and yeah, that's, it does. Um, it just doesn't do that. With most this movie has a lot of the Inception horns towards the end, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's just the most basic ass, you know, yeah. jump scary slasher movie stuff, which yeah, was a shame. Um, yeah. Okay, we're done. <laughs> we're sure we're not getting more points. <laughs> we should maybe have, maybe we could have stretched this out to another hour. I feel like once, once I ended the podcast, we, we got some gold. <laughs> Well, we haven't really, we didn't really go through the story, so um, you know, there's there's like little yeah, things that's written there anyway. But I don't wish it, to. But uh, it becomes it becomes evil Superman. He kills some people, and then it ends. I can give you Mike. Can I just run through quickly my seven? I made seven short points. Oh yeah, go for it. Go for it. 
Uh, we've covered, we've talked about all of these already. So, but I'll give you the seven. And I said, I said to the listeners, I said to the, the to James and Joe before that, like point five, I make about ten minutes into the movie, uh, and and then nothing into, until the very end of the movie. So, so um, point one, what if Superman landed in modern Kansas? Sure. Point two, does this tell us anything about Gun DC? Really? Question mark. Question mark. Point three, uh, would watch a Brightburn take on other heroes. Uh, point four. Why the eye stuff with about six? <laughs> why? Why did? Oh! And then this is the fifth point, which is the, then continue nothing for another hour. Oh, it's a slasher. <laughs> and then it's really checked out psychologically. Yeah. Point six, which I think I make towards the end when I'm wrapping up. Uh, point six is all boring after that, which you know I will hold to. And then the final point, point seven. <laughs> Um, the credit song, of course, was Billie Eilish, uh, Bad Guy. Oh, I hated that. hated that. I mean, credit song, best bit of movie. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I've got to be honest, I think in 2019, I didn't know that Billie Eilish existed. So, no, fair, no. fair play to Brightburn there, I guess. It probably cost a lot less as well to get that song in 2019. Yeah, I, I definitely didn't know it the first time I saw the song, because when I saw it this time, I was like, that is hilarious. I know writers who use subtext, and they're all cowards. I like the idea of like the, then the fox and the all the the animals from the actual movie, the bad guys, which use that song in as the. I was going to say that 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 yeah. film uses it, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. Um, okay, I am now officially done with talking about Bobo. Okay, um, Reese, you, you've inspired a pitch though. <laughs> okay. Well, old school. Okay. Pitch, pitch me Brightburn for a different superhero. Yeah, I've got one. I've got two, in fact. Right off, right off the top. You start then, because I don't yet. Well, um, uh, the Fly. And it, <laughs> okay. It's just that movie, but you call it Spider Man. Because uh, that wow. that is the that is the Spider Man but evil riff that just is they made it it's a yeah method. yeah yeah right and then I think I, this, this movie doesn't exist so much but you know I do I honestly think you could do a Batman you know again orphan son of a billionaire but you know it's um you know Elon Musk's uh, son you know he dies <laughs> and like and he becomes some you know I don't know some crazy vigilante. Who's got some strange vengeance? Completely, uh, you know, adopted from from his own father's craziness, uh, and and has all the resources to, to yeah, to, to do whatever he wants in that vigilante path. Um, I think that's the yeah. Oh, Thomas Wayne was a nice doctor. Yeah, okay. Well, you know, what do we? What does that look like in 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 our modern society? There's something there. I think that could be fun. And all the and all the weird gad. You know, think about like Batman's gadgets, but done in a Brightburn way. You know, what if you, what if your jammers, you know, what if you throw a batarang at like a guy's eye? <laughs> what if you, you know, stab a guy and then you shoot a batarang up and I, I don't know, you put his guts out. I don't know, you could do some shit with Batman gadgets. <laughs> that would be horrid. Uh, I guess those would be my two. Uh, my so my um, Brightburn take on a character would be uh, the Joker. And what I would do is I would have a movie where... Um, someone is slowly kind of driven driven mad by society because everything goes wrong for him. And actually, rather than becoming a serial killer, he becomes a nice clown and he finds the good humor in everything that happens in life. And he says, you know, even even though bad stuff happens, we can still have a smile and a dance down some stairs about it. 
I like it. So he's like a Mr. Blobby. That's how he ends up. Yeah, it's it's like the inverse of of Joaquin Phoenix Joker. Listen, this is easy for me. I think I think you both win, and it's a cinematic universe. Hell yeah! You <laughs> see you, evil Batman and good Joker. That's probably been done. That's fine. That's good. Yeah, I, I think Mark Miller's written that comic like. 50. Yeah, if he hasn't, he's going to be writing it tomorrow. <laughs> um. So I've looked it up on um, on IMDb. This is the first use of the song "Bad Guy" in a movie. <laughs> first of uh, well, then it was used in. Uh, so this includes TV shows as well, but FBI, Sweet Diva, Love Island, a TV mini series of four weddings and a funeral that exists apparently. <laughs> Shine, don't know what that is. Uh, the Hit List. Uh, the Umbrella Academy, um, Bridgerton, um, The Mass Singer, uh, The Guide to the Perfect Family, uh, Sing Two, apparently. Um, what else? I'm just, Euphoria, uh, Westworld. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but it doesn't have the bad guys listed here, so that's... Okay, you... I'm going to write a song it's called curious. Heroic Protagonist. <laughs> I tell you, you can say a lot of things about Billie Eilish, but I tell you what, she's not a sellout. I tell you that much. <laughs> uh, so, um, so yeah, fair play to Brightburn for, uh, for for getting to that one early. Do you think we'll see, <laughs> do you think we'll see a Brightburn too? No. No, I think if it had made double the money it did, it might have. <laughs> budget the budget was six to twelve and it made thirty-two. So it did okay. But if it had done sixty, I reckon, yeah, we would have had eight Brightburn movies. We never, got, we never got a second chronicle though, and that felt like a slam dunk at the time. You know who I think would fit let me pitch and let me pitch you something. You wanna you want to write a pitch? Let me pitch you this. Brightburn two, Dawn of Evil. It's Brightburn versus Mithrigan. There you go. There's a fucking movie for you. There's a fucking movie for you. Have you seen Mafregan? I've seen Mafregan. It's good. Is it good? I have it. It looks like it was created entirely for the memes, but um... what's weird? I'm gonna because what I think is good about Mafregan is it's. <laughs> I'm gonna keep calling it that. Is like satire is. I mean, it's Megan, Megan for anyone who hasn't figured it out. Megan. Uh, it, the satire is so on the nose, so um, on the surface. But that does kind of make the movie more fun and more and more um, interesting. And I think, uh, yeah, I actually think if the Mithrigan, you know, filmmakers put their put their eyes to this project to this premise, you have a much better film. And I'd I'd, I'd be more, you know, I think that that that's a better result. But yeah, fuck it, Mithrigan versus Brightburn. Let's do it. Let's do it. Deal. I'm looking forward to seeing Mithrigan eventually. It's fact, good. It's really it's really fun. It's, really fun. it's a comedy. It's a comedy. Is what it is. It is. A- I found the clip of Drew Barrymore being Mafregan whilst interviewing Alison Williams to be upsetting. So I can only imagine what the film is like. Um, okay, so that was uh, that was uh, this week's episode. Um, I guess we will be back within a few weeks because um, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania is uh is showing up in cinemas uh so that will be our next episode unless a disney plus series um kind of sneaks up on us but we're, we've not got any announced dates for those even if you guys 
Did you guys know Jonathan Majors? Did you guys know that Jonathan Majors is in that movie? I feel like it's that's not part of the marketing at all, and they're staying very quiet about that fact. Listen, if all of the all of the um, the promotional blitz around that has has just got me worried for the levels of sexiness. (laughs) (laughs) Horny Joe's radar is already going off. (laughs) It's a Kang movie, and I think that's awesome. But I'm like. Is Ant Man is Ant Man going to be in this? <laughs> well, is Ant Man going to get killed in this? Nah. What do you? I'm no, say, I'm saying yes. No chance. What? No chance. I'm that... saying yes, but not Scott Lang. <gasps> ah. ah. <laughs> okay, I'm back on board. <laughs> Wait, which one do you want to die? Doug, um, Doug, he... Douglas or his daughter? <laughs> Michael Douglas. He does. Yeah. yeah. I don't want him to die. I just oh, they, I... They, uh, they fake out killed him before. Okay, then who's nice. gonna die? Uh, David Ant- Dunshin. <laughs> no, Ant Man's. He's not die. even in this He's movie. Fine, Get out of here! They've not, they've removed the comic relief. Yeah, like, I'm right. ending this podcast, listeners. <laughs> thank you for listening. We'll be back with some Ant Man in a couple of weeks. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Goodbye, podcast. <laughs>